Father, we thank you and we praise you. What a joy to be together in your house. This is indeed your house of prayer. We have prayed, we have sung songs, and we, we, we have given up our tithes and our offerings, whether online or in person. And Lord, you are blessing this church. Here it is that we are here now. And I ask that you will just speak to us, O oh God. Hide me behind the cross and let the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable in your sight. O oh Lord, my strength and my Redeemer. Amen. Here's my proposition to you this morning. I believe that every Christian under the sound of my voice can share their faith by following the pattern of Isaiah's vision and call. Isaiah's vision and call. You, most of you know that I've studied small groups ministry for some time. I love that type of ministry. I, I began studying small groups ministry back in 1998 as a, as a young pastor. As I was, my, my church was growing rapidly there in Hawaii, and um, I thought that the church automatically knew how to nurture and take care of uh, new people who come. And so that was an assumption on my part. No one had ever taught me differently, and so um, I learned the hard way. I asked my president at the time, my church was growing rapidly, and I was, and, and then after a few months, I baptized people, and then there, I, I don't see them, I was wondering what's going on, and, and, and called them up, and you know, sometimes I would visit, but the pastor cannot do all the work. And, and so, I, uh, in, my, in my just frustration, wanting to learn a little bit more about things, I asked my president, uh, Lynn Martell at the time, uh, I asked him, can I, can I go to one of the SEEDS conference? And at the SEEDS conference at Andrews University, they were talking about uh, small groups and natural church development and all this kind of stuff. And I, that was new to me. And so I bought all the books that I could, went back home, and I read them. And then I told my elders, you're going to have a group over here, you're going to have one over here, you're going to have one over here. And I don't think I did it right or did it well, but there are people who are in that church today because of the small groups ministries that were formed and nurturing that took place. And there are people who are officers in that church today, praise God um, for that. And so small groups ministry has a natural momentum, all right? The, mo the momentum that of, of, of upwardness, the upward momentum, then there's an inward momentum, there is a outward momentum and a forward momentum. And we're going we're gonna to pick that out in the book of Isaiah and in Isaiah's call. So, so as we look at this movement of Isaiah's ministry and call, I believe that we can see how that will apply and can apply to our own lives as well. So if you, you could read along with me on the screen or uh, just look it up in your own Bible, make little notations if you'd like as we jump into our scripture reading. The Bible says, in the year that King Uzziah died, I saw the Lord sitting on a throne, high and lifted up, and the train of his robe filled what? 
filled the temple. Above it stood seraphim. This is the only place in scripture where it talks about these seraphim. Each one had six wings. With two, he covered his face. With two, he covered his feet. And with two, he did what? He flew, verse 3, and one cried to another and said, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord of hosts. The whole earth is full of his glory. And the posts of the doors were shaken by the voice of him who cried out, and the house was filled with smoke. Here it is. We look at the book of, uh, of, of um, chapter 6, Isaiah chapter 6, and we see it began, it begins with, in the year that King Uzziah died. Who was King Uzziah? King Uzziah was a king who became king at the age of 16. He, he followed his, his father, and he, he, but he did better than his daddy. He reigned for 52 long years, and in his reign, uh, Judah gained more land that they had lost. They were prosperous. Things were better than it ever been since the time of Solomon. Uzziah was an awesome king. Things were great. But sometimes when we get great, uh, we become presumptuous. He went on to do something that he should not have done, which was something that only the priests do. He went and burned incense in the temple, and that was his downfall. So he got leprosy, and then he, he lived for a while, but then uh, I think about another year or so after that, then, uh, then he died. Here it is that now what, what the picture that Isaiah is painting is that um, the king had died. All our hopes has been dashed. All the problems of life are coming down on us. What are we going to do? What plans do we have for infrastructure? What plans do we have for the stock market? What plans do we have for our savings? What is going to happen? Inflation is going to go out, you know, out the window. What's going to happen to us? And at times when we, have, we are thinking about our problems, the Lord wants to tap us on the shoulder and say, look up. Hmm? Look up. The throne of heaven is still occupied. Although things are not going well on the earth, in heaven there is still perfect order. And God, the sovereign God, the creator of heaven and earth, he is still alive. And sometimes we put our hopes in the wrong things. We, we look at our problems and we say, God, look how big my problem is. And instead of saying problem, look how big my God is. And God is able to take care of everything and anything that is going on in our lives. We need to trust God, pray to God, ask God. You know, talk about my wife mentioned um, the roof needing, um, it, it wasn't leaking. It wasn't like, you know, we had to patch up here and patch up there, but it was an older roof and we wanted it, you know, uh, done. But, you know, trying to come up with 10 grand to do this kind of thing. But here it is, we've been patient. And here it is that God, you know, Hail is not always a good thing, right? But it is for some people, you know? It just worked out just right that, you know, a check is on its way for that amount. And we met a, a, um, a roofer who came and we signed a contract that he will do it for exactly whatever came from the proceeds, from what, from what that was going to be. So no money out of our pocket. How awesome God is. He will work it out. Somebody says faith is stepping out before finding out how things are going to turn out. Hmm? 
That's what faith is. You, 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 you just keep on trusting in God, and he is going to take care of it for us. So God here gives Isaiah this upward look. And in small groups ministry, we, we focus on God. Small groups ministry, I'm doing some a boot camp by uh, Zoom for Bermuda Conference. And one of the things I tell them is that when things begin to go awry in our small groups, it's because we have taken our eyes off of Jesus and begin to look at each other. Amen. I'm going to go wrong each time I look at you. You're going to go wrong when you look at me. We have to keep our eyes on whom? On Jesus Christ. And so uh, we see the upward look. Um, God had to give him an upward look. But when he saw that, he saw this, this awesome picture of angels on one side saying, holy, holy, holy. And what are, on the other side, they're saying, holy, holy, holy. And it's this beautiful uh, um, orchestra of, of holiness that the angels, they're in the presence of God, and they're saying, God is holy. He is sovereign. It's called the tres hagias, the three holies. And, and holy, one for the Father, huh? one for the Son, and one for the Holy Spirit. Can, can, do you see the beauty of all of that? Holy, holy. When we, when we think about our problems, we want to, God wants to transplant us into his presence where we see that God is able. There's nothing that is too hard for God. And although the king had died, no one is on the throne. We need to know that God the Father is still on his throne. Amen? Amen. All right, let's move on. Listen to what Ellen White says. She says, let God's workmen study the sixth chapter of Isaiah and the first and the second chapter of Ezekiel to the prophet the wheel within a wheel, the appearance of living creatures connected with them all seem intricate and unexplainable. But the hand of infinite wisdom is seen among the wheels and perfect order is the result of its work. Every wheel works in perfect harmony with, 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 with um, every other. And so here, as um, as Ezekiel saw the wheel in the middle of the wheel, and here Isaiah sees the angels working together, there's perfect order in heaven. What a beautiful example for us to know that although there's chaos here, Although sin is rampant, although cancer is eating up our bones, although it seems like society is falling apart, heaven is not falling apart. Amen? Amen. Heaven is not. And so in small groups ministry, we keep pointing each other to heaven. Keep pointing each other to Jesus because that's where it's at. It's not about us and how educated and how much money and, and, and how how. how good we think we are. No, 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 no. Scripture tells us that my righteousness is as filthy rags. Amen. Hmm? Imagine you're working on the car and that, that, that dirty rag that you use to wipe down the old oil that's been dripping for a while and, you know, that engine is just, just looking terrible and you wipe it down. And that black, ugly cloth, my righteousness is like that. I have nothing to offer. Amen. It is the blood of Jesus that comes and cleanses me. Amen. Like that song, that first song that you all sing about to the cross. 
the cross, we cling. Huh? And so we, we look at that. Check this, check this out. No one should fancy that he is able to manage these things which belongs to the great whom? The great I am. Who is that? God. God in his providence is preparing a way so that the work may be done by human agents. Then let every man and woman stand at his or her post of duty to act his or her part for this time and know that God is his or her what? Instructor. God is our teacher. When we study the word of God, it gives us the instructions. It tells us what we need to do for the time that we are called to do wherever we are. And we do it with all of our hearts. Amen. We are faithful and we trust in our God. So, so here's a beautiful look. It's the upward look. When things are not going as well as we want it to, as it should be in small groups ministry, we, we help people to point, we, we point people to Jesus. He is the life giver. Let's, let's go on. He transitions now, and, and, and Isaiah says, So I said, Woe is me, for I am undone. Because I am a man of unclean lips, and I dwell in the midst of a people of unclean lips. Why? Or how did he figure this out? For mine eyes have seen the King, the Lord of hosts. Then what happened? God always have an answer for us. And he will meet us at the very place where we're in need. Look at this. Then one of the seraphims flew to me, having in his hand a live coal which he had taken with the tongs from the altar. And he touched my mouth with it and said, Behold, this hath touched your lips. Your iniquity is taken away and your sin purged. Here we see God gives Isaiah an inward look. In, in, in small groups ministry, we call that the one another in. You see your own need and we come alongside each other and help each other as we're going along the way, you know? We're hooking hands, in, you know, with each other, and we're saying, although the going may get tough, although things may get rough, we're going to help each other as we go along. And, and the Bible talks about all this one another in. You know, it talks about uh, not, to, not to find fault with one another, not to sin against each other, uh, confess our sins to one another, not for forgiveness, but for accountability. We should love one another, forgive one another, care for one another. All these one anotherings that's in Scripture and in small groups ministry, we emphasize those because we are on this journey together, aren't we? Amen. And this journey, guess what? You know when you put that a coal out by itself, it will quickly go out, right? But when all the coal is together, it lasts longer, you know? And it warms more, and it's just a better way to go. It's one pastor cannot do all the work. And so all of us coming together to do this work, and this is how beautiful this thing is. And so look at this now. Well, well let, let, let me touch on this just a little bit. Uh, here, one of the... One of the uh, angels bringing the live coal and touching his mind. And he says, your iniquity, right? Your iniquity is taken away and your sins purged. That's, that's atonement language. Hmm? The beauty of that is that God is constantly trying to at one us. 
He's trying to bring us closer to him. And so as you encourage me and I encourage you, we walk together. We, we, we see the bench. We, we see the atonement language here. We understand what, what, what Christ has done on the cross for us. His blood was shed to wash away all of my sins. And here, um, the angel didn't bring the, the, the coal and put it on Isaiah's foot. He didn't put it in his hand. He put it right where he needed it. The antidote to, 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 uh, of um, you know, this foul, unclean lips and, and, and all that. Whatever, wherever you need God to work a miracle, pray along those lines. And in small groups ministry, we practice what we call short-term wins, you know, a, a win where the, the small group is, is praying for something or for someone, and God gives the breakthrough. Amen. And when God gives that breakthrough, we, we celebrate. We're thankful, whether it is financial blessing, a medical blessing, a relationship, um, college, whatever you're going through and you need and your small group prays for you. And we see that God blesses. We call that a short-term win. And we rejoice. We talk about that. Look at God's goodness towards all of us. Listen to what Ellen White says here. As the prophet listened, the glory, the power, and the majesty of the Lord was open to his vision, and in the light of this revelation, his own inward defilement appeared with startling clearness. His very words seemed vile to him. In deep humiliation, he cried, Woe is me, for I am undone, because I am a man of unclean lips. For mine eyes have seen the King, the Lord of hosts. Isaiah's humiliation was genuine, as the contrast between humanity and the divine character was made plain to him, he felt altogether inefficient and unworthy. How would he speak to the people the holy requirements of Jehovah? Sometimes we see that because we're looking at ourselves, we do see our sinfulness. We do see our brokenness. We do see what's happening in our lives, and we cannot look at self. We must look at Christ. He is the example. And when I see Christ, I see my need. The more I read scripture, the more I pray and, and, and contemplate on the things of this life, the more that I seek God, the more that I see I need him. Huh? Because I don't get to become a, I'm not a point where, okay, I'm a super Christian. Huh? There are no super Christians. We need God moment by moment. Hmm? Moment by moment. Now we move to the outward look. Look at this, verse 8. Also, I heard the voice of the Lord saying, Whom shall I send? And who will go for us? And then I said, Here I am, send me. Wow. You all remember that song, So send I you to labor unrewarded. Huh? Y'all remember that song, that way, way back, that old song? God is wanting to send us. If we're willing to say, here I am, send me, he's willing to send us. But here's, a, here's the beauty of small groups ministry. You don't have to do it by yourself. Hmm? 
You, you make it a family ministry. Make it two or three families who come together. Make it, make it something that is, we're doing this together. And then we're going to reach out to others. And, and, and the Lord will grow our groups. We will grow and others will grow as well. Look at, look at verse 9. And he said, go, tell this people, Keep on hearing, but do not understand. Keep on seeing, but do not perceive. Make the hearts of this people dull and their ears heavy and shut their, their eyes lest they see with their eyes and hear with their ears and understand with their hearts and return and be healed. Here's the, here, here's the thing. When God was calling Isaiah to ministry, God called this guy to, to a ministry that was tough. Hmm? Judah was a tough place to do ministry. He had no baptisms. In all his years of ministry, there were no baptisms, no conversions. The people were stiff-necked and recalcitrant. That's, that's that old, you know, King James version. It means that they, they were uncooperative, they, they, they didn't want to go the way of God. They, they went against God's commands. They, they didn't want to listen to Isaiah's call, Isaiah's words, Isaiah's commands that God had given to him. They didn't want to listen. And so this is the kind of thing that was happening. Are we living in a time where people are hard-headed? Yes. Are we living in a time where diff, um, ministry is difficult? Yes. But we are to keep on going. Amen. Isaiah kept on going. And we see it did cost him his life. But if it were to cost us our lives, we gain our lives. You know? And small groups ministry is a beautiful ministry that, will, that can help us. And so we see the outward look. We look and we see that there are people who drive up and down this road. Up and down that main road, and many are lost. They need Jesus. And we are the hands and the feet. We are the mouthpiece. We are the ears and the eyes of God. What is he showing you? Listen to what Ellen White says here in Ministry of Healing. Go out into the highways and the hedges and compel them to do what? Come in. This is Christ's command, that my house may be filled. God wants his house of prayer filled with souls who are seeking him. Hmm? And we have an opportunity, these meetings, the next two weeks, we have an opportunity to, to invite and bring and pray and do all that we can to bring people. We don't have to preach. Pastor Godfrey's doing the preaching, right? Huh? All we have to do is invite and encourage. And something beautiful can happen from that. Here she continues. Bring the poor that are cast out to, the, uh, to, to thy house. He says, when thou seest the naked that thou cover him, they shall lay hands on the sick and they shall cover uh, shall, they shall recover. And those texts are there, Luke, Isaiah, and Mark. Through direct what? 
contact through what? Personal ministry. Discipleship is not a remote control kind of uh, work. We can't do discipleship by remote control. It's a hands-on ministry. We have to be able to come alongside someone. We have to be able to encourage them as they're going through um, stuff, as they're going through their, 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 their brokenness and they're going through their disappointments, discouragements, their pain. We are there for them to, to say a prayer. Guess what? There's a lot of ministry that can take place in this hallway. Yeah. There are people who come, and not because you come to church mean that you are whole. The church is a place for spiritually sick, isn't it? And we come and we minister to people. You have conversations. You find out what's, what's happening. If they're willing to share, say a prayer. Amen? And that's just one of those things that we can do. But, but, but this is a personal, uh, personal ministry. It is direct contact. The blessings of the gospel are to be communicated in this manner. Uh, then I'm going to jump over to Isaiah 61. And so we've looked at the upward, right? The upward look is, is where we get close to God. The inward look is where we see ourselves and we are encouraging each other. And the outward look is where God says, who will go for us? We see the need. And then the, out, the, the forward look is where we do kingdom expansion. Hmm? Kingdom expansion. Look at this. Jump over to Isaiah 61, verses 1, 2, and 3. And look how powerful this is. This is uh, Isaiah prophesying. The Spirit of the Lord God is upon me because, he, because the Lord has anointed me to do what? Preach good tidings to the whom? The poor. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives and the opening of the prison to those who are bound. Verse 2, to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord and the day of vengeance of our God, to comfort all who what? Mourn. Verse 3 says, to console those who, uh, those who mourn in Zion. What is Zion? Zion is God's people. Zion are those who have called upon Jesus and, and, and called, upon, uh, um, called upon God. And, and, and not because you call upon God, meaning that you do not mourn. We do mourn. So, so to console those who mourn in Zion, to give them beauty for ashes, the oil of joy for mourning, the garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness. Do you go through a time when you just feel heavy? Hmm? It's, that, it's as though the weight of the world is on you. Something is happening in your life and you just can't shake this thing. Well, guess what? The scripture says, the garment of praise. When we're going through our rough times and we feel that heaviness, force yourself to begin to praise God. Hmm? And God will catapult you to that place where, you know what? If you can't do anything about it, you have to give it to God anyway. If you can do something about it, do what you got to do. Hmm? Either way, move yourself from the place of heaviness and get catapulted to where 
you praise God. Thank you, God, for this problem. God, I submit this problem to you. God, thank you for this flat tire. I'm late, but some way, somehow, you knew that this was going to happen. God, thank you for, this, for, for, for this, this tragedy. I don't know. I just don't understand why it happened, but I'm going to trust you anyhow. Man, it, it's, which, which place do you rather be? Here where you are, where, where you're heavy with the pain and the brokenness, or do you want to be transported to the place where, God, I'm praising you. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Father. I adore you. I, I, I lift up your name. I magnify your name right now. And when we praise and celebrate our God, we leave all those issues, all those problems to him. Amen? Look, 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 at, look, look at this. And so, so this is the forward look. There are people that are broken. There are people who need Jesus. There are people who need an experience. And when you share what God has done for you, Mm -mm -mm. They say, wow, if you went through that and you made it through, maybe I can as well. Huh? Maybe. How did they overcome in Revelation? They overcame by the blood of the Lamb and by the word of their testimony. We can give our testimonies, can we? We can sit in our living rooms Sit in, I don't know where, where in the basement, in the, in the family room, wherever, and sit around a circle and just talk about the goodness of Jesus. What has God done for you lately? Hmm? And just talk about what he has done for you lately. Look at this, uh, look, look at this um, from uh, Ministry of Healing, page 147, 148. In giving light to his people anciently, God did not work exclusively through any one class. Daniel was a what? Prince of Judah. Isaiah also was of the royal line. David was a shepherd boy. Amos was a herdsman. Zechariah was a captive from Babylon. Elisha, a tiller of the soil the Lord raises up as his representatives prophets and princes the noble and the lowly and taught them the truth to be given to the world the world and so we've been given this beautiful command we've been given this read this with me verse 18 and Jesus came, read with me loudly. And Jesus came and spoke to them saying, All authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. Go therefore and make disciples of all the nation, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all things that I have commanded you. And lo, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. Amen. We're not doing this by ourselves. We're not doing ministry. You remember Elijah when he thought that, Lord, I'm the only one that's left. <laughs> God always have a witness. And he has called each of us, whether we live in Fort, uh, Fort Collins or Loveland or 
north or east or west or south or, or um, um, where do I live again? I live in um, Windsor. Wherever you live, <laughs> you are a witness there. And God has called you. He has called you to share the good news. He has called you to be his eyes where you are. He's trying to tell you that, you know what? You don't have to reinvent the wheel. Small groups ministry started way back in the first century. You know, even before that, Jethro came and told Moses, Moses, man, you're killing yourself. You're doing all the work and you're frustrating the people and you're frustrating yourself. Why don't you break them up into, you know, find godly men among, among you. Break them up into thousands, five hundreds, hundreds, fifties, uh, tens. Break them up. And friends, I can give you quotes upon quotes from the writings of Ellen White where she says, where there are large numbers in the church, let them be broken up into small companies that they may work not only for church members, that's nurture, but also for those on the outside. That's evangelism. So friends, we have a beautiful work that we must do. Who is calling you? This, when, when we go back to Isaiah 61, Isaiah 61 gives us a beautiful picture and, uh, uh, of Jesus and, and what he came to do. In Luke 4, verses 16 through 18, we see something beautiful. And, 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 and Jesus, as he went into that uh, synagogue on the Sabbath in Nazareth. There's only one synagogue in, in, in Nazareth. And the Lord has blessed us to, 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 to have gone there. And it is believed that though it was destroyed, it's been rebuilt, and, and that may very well be that little synagogue that's sitting there that Jesus went in. And he chose a scroll from Isaiah. He picked up the scroll and he, he turned to Isaiah 61 wherever that was, you know, when it was written, they didn't have numbers and all that. But he, he went through and he began to read and he, he sat down. He gave it back and he sat down and he says, today, today that is fulfilled. You see the Son of Man and today that scripture is fulfilled. God is wanting to replicate. He started with just 12 disciples and he shared the good news. He poured into them. And he told them, go and make disciples. Who is this Jesus that told us? He is the Alpha and the Omega. He is the arm of the Lord. Who is this Jesus? He is the bread of life. He is the bright and morning star. Who is this Jesus? He is the counselor. He is the chief cornerstone. He is the Christ. Who is this Jesus who calls us to, to go out and do this work? He is the great deliverer. He is the door. He is eternal life. He is the faithful and the true. He is the fountain laid in Zion. Who is this Jesus? He is God with us. He's our great high priest. Who is this Jesus? He's the only holy one of Israel. Who is this Jesus? He's the great I am. Who is this Jesus? He's that Jesus of Nazareth. He is the 
king of kings. He is the Lord of lords. He is the master. Yes, he is that Nazarene. He's our peace, and he is the only begotten of the Father. Who is this Jesus? He is the prince of life. He is the prince of peace. He, this Jesus is the one who is quick to save. He is our ransom. He is our redeemer. He is our resurrection. He is our savior. He is our shepherd. He is our son of righteousness. He is our teacher. He is our truth. He is our unspeakable gift. Friends of mine, he is very Christ. He is the way. He is the x-ray to our hearts. He is our yoke fellow. And he will give us zeal to carry on day after day after day. Friends, I pray that you will see this calling of Isaiah in a, in a light that, that, that will help you now to see the importance of small groups ministry. Uh, it, it's, it's a ministry that you don't have to be a, you don't need a seminary degree to lead small groups. Huh? We work together. And I, I, I pray that as this church moves forward, that we can work together to develop this so that we are able to, uh, to reach our communities, reach and nurture each other and reach those who are coming in. We have the meetings going on. Who knows who will join our church from that? How sweet it is, would, how sweet it would be to absorb these individuals into groups, huh? Groups that will nurture. Sure, we all have our part. We say, hi, how you doing? Um, you know, have a great day. You know, um, how was your week? We, we, we talk to people. But people grow spiritually in small groups ministry. We grow more. We take the time to study and to, 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 to have that fellowship that it takes. And it don't, doesn't matter from what walk of life you've come from. We need each other. Amen? Amen? And as we work together, how beautiful that is. Audrey and I came here from, uh, from Hawaii, and we didn't know anybody here. But now we have a family. Right. And small groups ministry, though we didn't officially have small groups ministry, there was a group of us that even through the pandemic and we, the lockdown, there's a group of us that came together, eight or ten, and we had fellowship. We studied. We watched church on Zoom, but we, we, we came together as well. And so we need fellowship. Koinonia. We need that. You know? And what that does, it helps us to bond together as a family. And I pray that some way, somehow, we will, as we move forward, Pastor, that this is something that we can develop and grow towards. What do you think, church? Is that something we'd like to do? Amen. Amen. Let's pray together. Father God, we look at this, this pattern that you've shown to Isaiah, the upward look, to see that you're still on the throne. The inward look, we see our need. The outward look, we see others' needs for you. And the forward look, how we can multiply leadership and expand the kingdom of God. Lord, help us to to do our part. Give us wisdom, knowledge, and understanding. Lord, give us your, 
your desire for souls. As you went through so much and spilt your blood, give us that desire to help others to see the beauty of that. So, Lord, as we continue with these meetings tonight and subsequent nights, help us to be a greeting card for those who come. Lord, help us to allow the fruit of your Spirit to outshine from each of our lives. Lord, maybe there's someone here this, this morning who has not given their lives to you. We just want to open just for a few seconds the doors of the church, as it were, to accept you as Lord and Savior of, the, of their lives. As every eye is bowed and head is bowed and eyes closed, Lord, I just, if there's someone who wants to surrender their lives to you, maybe just, just raise your hand. You want to surrender your life to Jesus this morning. Amen. Anyone else? Amen. Amen. Praise God. Anyone else? An opportunity to surrender your life to the Lord. Amen. Amen. Father, you've seen those hands, young and adults. Lord, draw near to them. Make yourself known to them. Give them your peace. Father, continue to bless this church and the leadership. Thank you for Pastor Miranda. Bless he and his family. Continue to bless every person that comes. And Lord, help us to allow our lights to shine wherever we go. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. 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 God bless you.